Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 12 called, In His Name, The Nations Will Hope. One third of the population of the world claims that Jesus Christ is their Lord. And those who have looked at world history have said, and I've said this in the last several weeks, that the world is only somewhat tolerable because of the influence of Christianity. Amen? The Western world has been blessed with the influence of Christianity. And you can see that, you can go all the way back to the Roman Empire, and in the Roman Empire, when they were practicing infanticide and throwing their babies by the sides of rivers for whatever their motivation was, the Christians were coming behind them and picking up those babies and bringing them into their homes. That's the influence of Christianity. The influence of Christianity looked at slavery and said, this is wrong. We're all created equal. And there, was, there were battles to abolish slavery in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in following the biblical model that our God is just. Amen? He will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. Our God cares about justice. And in the last you know, decade or so, we've heard a lot about justice, haven't we? We've had people arguing in the streets about social justice and who should define justice and who's right and who's wrong. And we've had people two inches away from one another's faces with spit flying saying, I'm right and I'll hold this sign and you're wrong and who's right and who's wrong. And sometimes you look at the world and you're like, this is craziness. Who can actually proclaim what is just and true and right? Well, here's a definition of justice. Since it says Messiah, look at the end of 18, will proclaim justice to the nations. And we're beginning to see a hint that the nations are included in the plan of God. The religious leadership thought that Gentiles, that is non-Jewish people, were only good to fan the fires of hell. How do you like that? They didn't even think that if you were Italian, moi, you could end up sitting with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God. They go, no, no, you're just going to be part of how we get the fire going again. Oh, wonderful. But the Old Testament hinted, and more than hinted, made clear, that he would proclaim justice to the nations, to the Gentiles. In fact, Israel was supposed to be a light to the nations. And they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And God says, all right, be careful. You're going to go into the land of Canaan. It would become Israel. And I don't want you duplicating the detestable practices of those people, the way that they worship, the way that they make their idols, the way that they sacrifice babies to one of their false gods, etc. Don't do that. Don't practice the occult. Don't practice witchcraft. He warns them over and over again. And Israel gets into the promised land. And you know what they do? They start to imitate the detestable practices of those people. And God says, you know what? I judge those people. I opened up this land to you because of what they do. And if you do the same thing, I'm going to judge you the same way. God is no respecter of persons. And what happens? Assyria comes and destroys the northern kingdom. Why? Because Israel practiced idolatry. 
Nebuchadnezzar in 586 BC comes and destroys the southern kingdom. Why? Because they practiced idolatry. And in the first century context in which Jesus is now teaching, Rome is now the dominant force in the world. And Rome will become an instrument of God's judgment some 40 years from this time. And the Messiah would be God's servant, the father's servant, if you will. He was the chosen one, the beloved one. He always did those things that pleased his father, just moving through verse 18 here. He would have the spirit upon him, anointing him. He went about doing good, and he would proclaim justice to the Gentiles. Let me give you a definition of justice. Justice is actually a Hebrew word which links to the blueprint of the tabernacle. Justice is a blueprint for living. Now, if, you, if you've studied the tabernacle before, you know there was a single way to get in. There was an altar of sacrifice. There was a, a basin for washing, etc. You got into the temple proper. There's the showbread. There's the menorah. There's the altar of incense. And then there's the holy of holies. And there's the uh, mercy seat and the ark of the covenant. And what's inside that uh, box, if you will, eventually what goes in there? A jar of manna saved to remember God's provision. And the Ten Commandments were put inside there. Don't worry about what Indiana Jones showed you. This is what the Bible teaches, okay? All right? What does that say? That what God cares about is provision and justice. In fact, at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus will say, I want you to go and make disciples of all the nations. I want you baptizing them as kind of like a uh, sign that they're coming into the kingdom. And I want you to teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. That is the great commission. Please hear this. The great commission is to teach justice to the nations. Now, we live in an unjust world, amen? And sometimes when we look at injustice, when we look at uh, the wrong thing. We, we have recently seen a movie come out about the sex trafficking industry, which is just an ugly, terrible thing, right? But we can go down our list. We can talk about politics. We can talk about, you know, apartheid and all the things that we could mention. And the world is a place that ebbs out injustice. And what God wanted Israel to be, at least this is part of the message, was to be a just nation to show what the leadership of God looked like among a people. And now that light is supposed to exist in you and me. I am supposed to be a man of justice. Now that's not the only thing I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be a man of love and truth and mercy and peace and all that. But justice is part of the gospel of the kingdom's equation. Justice is a blueprint for living. Justice just simply means knowing what's right and what's wrong. Amen? And when we see something unjust, what do we usually say? That's, can you say that today? That's wrong. What do you mean wrong? Who knows what's wrong? There's no such thing as absolute truth. Is that an absolute statement? And this is what people do. 
We, we've so ebbed away at what's right and wrong that we don't even know who's on the right side of justice anymore. Truth, justice, and the American way. Oh, uh, wait, wait a minute. That was Superman, wasn't it? <laughs> anyway. But when we see someone who is just, it's so refreshing, isn't it? When we see, when, when we can bank on something that's true and just. If we, if we were to stand before a judge and we said, now I know this man is fair. That's, that's hopeful. You know when we lose hope? When we're not sure what we're going to get. Because someone may have paid this guy a bribe. Or, or this, guy, this guy might be trying to get a political spot so he's going to treat me one way but treat this person another way. You know what I'm saying? This is the unjust world we live in. And God said to Israel, I want you to be a just people because that's who I am. And when you have injustice, you have what follows. And this is all through the book of Isaiah. Unjust scales, unjust decisions, unjust treatment. And God would say to the people, look, this, this is not what I want. I want you to uh, show the light, if you will, of justice throughout the world. Israel's to be that city on a hill where everybody could look and say, that's the way it's supposed to work because of the king that they serve. And now to the church. That's the way life is supposed to be because of the Lord that they serve. You get it? That's the role today of the church. How are we doing? Well, sometimes I think we're doing pretty well. There's a lot of beautiful ministry, hospitals, orphanages. Uh, you watch uh, Samaritan's Purse show up to disaster places. You watch beautiful, benevolent ministry and missions go on. And the church does that. And that's to be celebrated. We shouldn't always be critical, right? But then sometimes we watch the church infight and not even know what it believes and why it believes it. And sometimes that hurts our hearts. I want you to, to really have it in your mind. The servant of Yahweh, the Messiah, came to proclaim justice to the nations. He's the reason I know what's right and wrong. He's the reason I know what's good and true. Moses said of God, I proclaim the name of the Lord. Ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His work is perfect. All his ways are just. A God of faithfulness and without injustice Righteous and upright is he. That's Deuteronomy 32, 3 and 4. His is a mission of justice. Speaking of the king and the kingdom, Psalm 89, 14 reads this way. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Loving kindness and truth go before you. Psalm 97, verse 2. The works, the works of God's hands are truth and justice. Psalm 111, verse 7. There is a blessing for those who keep justice. Psalm 106, verse 3. In fact, justice is a key behavioral uh, aspect of the wise man or woman in the book of Proverbs. You can write down Proverbs 1, 3, Proverbs 2, 8, and 9. And basically what those scriptures say is that a wise man or woman will walk in God's path of justice. They will know what's right and what's wrong. Simply put. Isn't that where most of the confusion exists today? Amen. Sometimes, you know, you, you look at situations, you look at news reports, you look at things that are going on, and you're like, don't people know what's right and wrong anymore? Amen. But sometimes 
even in academia, our youth have been told there's no way to know who's right and wrong anymore. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, listening family, this is Pastor Michael. I want to tell you about a very special event that we're hosting at the church where I serve as senior pastor. It's called Living Truth Christian Fellowship right here in the city of Corona. It's the Dare to Defend Apologetics Conference. I'll tell you, it's some of the top apologetic speakers in the Christian world. This is Lenny Esposito. Now, this conference is designed to specifically tackle our sex-saturated culture and provide answers to the challenges believers face today. Subjects that fill today's headlines like What is critical theory and is it compatible with faith? Now, we'll also tackle really specific church issues such as the battle for the biblical Adam and Eve, the war against the family and how our relationships are being undermined. We'll also deal with how our culture is losing its grip on knowledge as real. Why don't you check it out today? Go to walkintruth.com. Look for that link at the top of our site, walkintruth.com, and you can link right there. Sign up, bring some friends, and grow in your most holy faith. God bless you. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. A God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright is He. That's Deuteronomy 32, 3 and 4. His is a mission of justice. Speaking of the king and the kingdom, Psalm eighty nine fourteen reads this way. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Loving kindness and truth go before you. Psalm 97, verse 2. The works, the works of God's hands are truth and justice. Psalm 111, verse 7. There is a blessing for those who keep justice. Psalm 106, verse 3. In fact, justice is a key behavioral uh, aspect of the wise man or woman in the book of Proverbs. You can write down Proverbs 1, 3. Proverbs 2, 8, and 9. And basically what those scriptures say is that a wise man or woman will walk in God's path of justice. They will know what's right and what's wrong. Simply put, isn't that where most of the confusion exists today? Amen? Sometimes, you know, you you look at situations, you look at news reports, you look at Things that are going on and you're like, don't people know what's right and wrong anymore? Amen. Amen. But sometimes even in academia, our youth have been told there's no way to know who's right and wrong anymore. Justice in the Greek, I mentioned justice in the Hebrew ties to the plan of the tabernacle, a blueprint for living, a blueprint for worship, if you will. Justice in Greek, and the New Testament was written in Greek, is krisin, and it's a word that means judgment. If you look it up in a lexicon, it speaks to decision-making, specifically about right and wrong. It can speak of judicial decisions, like from a judge, but in this case, it speaks of the justice of Almighty God that's pure and right and true. Injustice is the bitter reality of a fallen world. Injustice is the mark of a society that has forsaken God. And what follows is unjust decisions and unjust gain. And it's been said that like in America, as we choose our leaders, we look at our leaders today. And frankly, I have to tell you, 
that some people say we get what we deserve. Now, I know I'm looking at a room of people who really care about justice, right? And sometimes it's even difficult to discern in the political world who's really telling you the truth. Why are they saying the words that they're saying, right? And, and we all wrestle with that. And that can be an endeavor in and of itself. But we also have to look at church leadership. In Psalm 73, Asaph felt hopeless because of the injustice he saw. But in Jesus Christ, love and justice kiss. Good and upright is the Lord. Psalm 37 verse 28 says he loves justice. And in Psalm 82, when the Lord addresses ungodly leaders of that time, Psalm 82, he said to them, vindicate the weak and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and destitute. Psalm 82 verse 3, rescue the weak and needy. And deliver them out of the hand of the wicked. Psalm 82, verse 4. Psalm 25, 8 and 9 says, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice. And he teaches the humble his way. I would encourage you, do a biblical study on justice. And what you will find is a blueprint for your life. You will find how to make right decisions in keeping with the Lord's heart. This is who the servant was. This is the first in verses 18 through 21 before us in Matthew 12 of four for, uh, servant songs. And since that one's uh, quoted almost directly, I want to show you a few snapshots of the other three in Isaiah. And they put together, they give us a beautiful um, picture of the Messiah. Let's turn in our Bibles to Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49. And if you are having trouble locating that, we'll try to put that up on the screen. Isaiah 49. This is the second servant song, and we're going to pick it up in verse 1. Isaiah 49, verse 1. So we're going back because this is where the prophecy comes from. Take a look. This is the second servant song. And what you'll see sometimes is Israel is mentioned because Jesus is everything Israel was supposed to be. Listen to me, Isaiah 49, 1, O islands, and pay attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother, he named me. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword, Isaiah 49, 2. In the shadow of his hand, he has concealed me. He has also made me a select arrow. He has hidden me in his quiver. And he said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will show my glory. But I said, I've toiled in vain. It's almost as if no one's listening. I've spent my strength for nothing in vanity. Yet surely the justice due me is with the Lord, and my reward is with my God. And now says the Lord who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him so that Israel might be gathered to him. I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God is my strength. He says, is it too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the preserved ones of Israel? I also will make you a light to the nations so that my salvation, notice, may reach the end of the earth. Now, more could be said, but I want to show you the, another one. This would be the third of four servant songs. It's just a page over or, or so in Isaiah chapter 50. Isaiah 50. Notice what it says in the third servant song. The Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples. Isaiah 50 verse 4 that I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. 
He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not disobedient. Some of you are seeing uh, the bondservant imagery here because that's exactly what it is. He's the servant of Yahweh. I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. I gave my back to those who strike me, my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard. I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting. This is all fulfilled in Jesus's ministry. For the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I am not disgraced. Therefore, I've set my face like flint. That's what he did. He set his face like flint to Jerusalem. And I know that I will not be ashamed. And then let me show you what the last most famous one, skipping over to Isaiah 52 and looking at verse 13, leading us into the famous Isaiah 53. It says these words, Behold, look, 52.13, my servant will prosper. He will be high and lifted up and greatly exalted. Just as many were astonished at you, my people, so his appearance was marred more than any man, his form more than the sons of men. Thus he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him. For what had not been told of them they will see, and what they had not heard they will understand. And then, it gets into the beautiful uh, prophecy that Jesus fulfills in Isaiah 53. Pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, etc. These are the four servant songs turning back to the gospel of Matthew, celebrating but prophesying the work of Messiah. This is what he would be like. This is what he would do. This is how he would give up his life for those who need hope and restoration. And that's all of us. Now, we're going to get a little bit more, and we're going to move quickly. We're coming down to the tail end of this. But notice some things about how he gives hope to the nations. Matthew 12, 19. After the quotation, uh, the first part of the quotation, he continues from Isaiah 42. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. This is a way to say that Jesus was not looking for attention And he did not have a megaphone necessarily, but he gathered crowds. Why? Because of who he was. Because he was good. So notice it says he won't quarrel in the street. When he moved away from the Pharisees plotting his demise, he did not want to have a shouting match with them. He did not want to get into a debate any more than he needed to. Although you, we would say there were times when he puts the Pharisees in their place. And sometimes you're reading your Bible and you're like, yeah. Get him, Lord, right? But according to this prophecy, he wasn't about quarreling or unnecessary confrontation. You've been listening to In His Name, The Nations Will Hope, part two on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 12, verses 15 through 23. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We would also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teachings today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. We are excited that you're walking with us through 
the incredible gospel of Matthew. Hey, I want to tell you about a special event happening at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. We're hosting the Dare to Defend Apologetics Conference here in Southern California, and it's happening March 1st and 2nd. It has an, a dynamic lineup of speakers. It's Friday night and Saturday, and it's called Losing Our Humanity, How a Culture Unmoored from Faith is Drifting Away from Virtue. We're going to have a link from the Walk in Truth website, walkintruth.com, where you can check out the conference and you can sign up. The price is very reasonable for the caliber of speakers. You get a lunch and it's really an exciting weekend. If you're a person who wants to grow in your faith, you want to get a little deeper, you want to have a chance to hear some breakout sessions and some of the top-notch apologetic speakers around, well, this is the conference for you. If you're anywhere in the IE or within driving distance of the Inland Empire, come on out to this. Make this a priority. You will grow. You will be challenged. You will be encouraged. These are some top thinkers in the Christian world. And I'll tell you what, it's a dynamic weekend, and I think you'd be excited to join us. So link to that particular site at walkintruth.com. See you tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew twelve fifteen through 23 called, In His Name, the Nations Will Hope. See, the religious elite of the day said, that person's not even worth your time. That person lying on the side of the road, that person with leprosy, they're under the curse of God. Oh, they were born blind, he's under the curse of God. Oh, Gentiles, they can't go to heaven, they can't inherit the kingdom. And all they had was unjust conclusions, and God had a heart for the nations and always has. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.